0: It is Mariana Mings, and like I said, I'm so excited about tonight's conversation, you guys, because we have DJ Ready D in the house. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Sure, you're most welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's really awesome to be here, and this is a really cool building that you're situated in. Right? It's so beautiful. (laughs) I love when I walk in, it always just feels like I'm in a new world. This is one of those spaces where you want to come to work. Yeah, I'm just looking at everything (laughs) that's going on in here, and my eyes are all over the place. And there's so much going on. Well done on the really awesome space that you got.
0: <laughs> I mean it needs to happen when there's a, it's a creative space So everybody, yeah. you know, it just feels right It feels like it works
1: Absolutely, absolutely
0: <laughs> So talk me through your career Let's start at where you got started into in DJing
1: Wow sure i grew up around djs as a little boy coming up i yeah. grew up in a, a community that was practically driven and dominated by music that's district six yeah so we were amongst the last families that was uh, forcefully removed from from the area okay. so in terms of the music that i was exposed to was everything from the, the traditional music funk reggae wow. soul jazz you name it um, my dad was a little bit of a you know, just a family musician. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a pro at all. He uh-huh. was the guy with the guitar that would get everybody going. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's all of those uh, components that got me started. And as the young kid, I would always play the record so I could eavesdrop on the adults' conversations. Ah. So I was that kid. <laughs> I knew how the to sneaky act. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I would pretend to be the DJ, yeah. but then I can catch up on all the skinner and all the lingo <laughs> and whatever's going on. So I would just play the music for the adults and the teenagers. Yeah. So that that's kind of my start. From, from there, moving into... Into Mitchell Splain I was exposed to hip hop music and culture mm-hmm. um, The first um, music video that I saw Was Buffalo Girls By a really avant-garde British artist Called Malcolm McLaren And in um, in his video He had New York City's uh, Rocksteady crew Breakers in there He had the world famous Supreme Team DJs wow. And that's when I first saw DJs Moving the record back and forth And I was like What's wow. that wiki wiki What's going on yeah. I know what the equipment's all about yeah. But I don't understand What these guys are doing yeah. And looking at all these kids In the music video Doing b-boying or as we know it as break dancing, Yeah. Um, I immediately gravitated towards that because I could relate to it. First and foremost, the kids look like the kids in my community. Yes. The music and the beats, I could relate to all of those things. And yeah. that really got me into, if you want to call it, hip-hop culture.
0: Okay, I see. And then how did you how did you go into it professionally? Because, I mean, it's, it's one thing to look at it and be like, oh, <laughs> I want to do that yeah, and yeah. then actually make a career out of it.
1: Um, I didn't know... Where DJing and music was actually going to take me. I had hopes mm. and dreams and aspirations. Um, the first hip hop song that I heard was a song called "Rapper's Delight" um, mm. in 1979. Wow. I think I, I was exposed to that. Yeah. So the guys were rapping about swimming pools and color TVs and cool cars <laughs> and you know, kid on the Cape Flats. Yeah, of course you're going to dream about things 100%. like that. So all I knew is that one day I would like to have those things, mm. but I didn't know how I'm actually going to get to that point. Mm. So with regards to going into pro- into the professional realm, a lot of my friends actually forced me to enter DJ competitions and I was a little kid going up against pros guys that have been in the scene for 15 going on to 20 years they were big mega stars and out of desperation, because my mom couldn't afford equipment, mm, mm. Um, I decided, okay, let me give it a go and see where this takes me so yeah. maybe I can enter the competition just to win the DJ equipment. yeah my first championship that I won was in 1990. I won the South African music uh, sorry the South Af- the South African DMC DJ championships wow. they had equipment. Um, that I managed to win. And I won a ticket to fly to Switzerland. Wow. But one of the guys in our breakdancing crew, he needed to go on a holiday. Yeah. And he had turntables. And I did the logical thing. I mm. told him, guy, you take my plane ticket, give me your turntables. <gasps> what? And that's how I ended up with my first um, DJ gear.
0: <laughs> and I mean, that was you rolling the dice, really. Because you didn't yeah. know that it was going
1: to end up yeah. Absolutely. The second championships was in 1991. But I needed wow. money to fix my car. <laughs> and then I entered the DJ competition again. I didn't have money to fix my car. My yeah. mom couldn't afford to keep the car going and yeah. to keep this DJ breakdancer guy going. Yeah. So I had to do what needed to be done. Got behind the ones and twos, put in the time, put in the work. Mm. And the thing at that time, in terms of what I was doing that was completely unknown to South Africa it was unknown to the DJ world as well yeah so to see a guy standing on his head and mixing and um, scratching the records with his feet and his elbows and then he runs from behind the decks he goes onto the floor then he jumps into windmills and backspins then he's on the mic rapping and doing all these things so there was a lot of activity back then yeah so those are some of the things that managed to take me through the championships and I was banned Mm -hmm. from the competitions after that for about six years and And I went back again Mm -hmm. Not because I needed the equipment Or I wanted to be there It's just Mm -hmm. that the promoters um, They decided that um, they needed a a DJ That could actually just um, uh, exhibit You know, what what it is um, To take the fight to the internationals And then I took the championships again in 19... 98 and then again in 99 and then after that I just decided to lay off competitions and that's sort of how I got into the professional realm, I got picked up before Profits wow. of the City, the crew yes. I became the DJ and one yeah. of the production um, sort of outfits with or one of the production halves in the team as well Yeah, and from there one thing led to another.
0: That's really interesting and I always ask like like up and coming artists when they come into the studio, I always ask them, especially when it's people of color, how do you have that conversation about telling your parents you want to be some, you want to move into the creative industry? And with you, it was a very different time. I mean, like now, yeah, it's still so yeah. hard, but I mean, then it was a very different thing.
1: Then, um, being a break dancer in the yeah. mind of your mom, you yeah. know, I grew up with a single parent. Unfortunately, I lost mm. my dad a year before we were kicked out of District 6. Oh, wow. So I grew up with a, a single parent you know our parents wanted us to become doctors and lawyers yes. and business people and all these things yes. and unfortunately I got caught up in the in the wrong crowd as well growing up you know wow. in Mitchell's Plain um, I did things that I'm not proud of I've yeah. seen a lot of my friends uh, die I could have been a part of that problem but yeah. getting involved with DJing and all these things uh, my mom started to see that I, I started breaking away you know from uh, from that crowd and okay. my focus started to shift somewhere else okay. so of course I wasn't going to be the doctor I was never going to mm. be the lawyer and she could actually see you know my personality okay. started changing opportunities started coming my friends started uh, changing and all these things eventually we started doing tours you know we started to get on the performance circuit and all these things mm. and when the music happened um, there was a form of income you know yeah. that, that, that made its way into the family as well yeah so all of those things kind of made my mom feel you know content and yeah. happy with, uh, with the direction True. that I chose and
0: what was it yeah. at that point was it th- purely the love of what you were doing that Kind of shifted your perspective And, and your actions in, in the end
1: At that point in time It definitely was the love And okay. trying to figure out How to do these things Because yeah. um, At that age I dabbled in everything Graffiti art okay. I was a DJ I was the B-boy I was a beatboxer yeah. um, You know I was a graffiti artist yeah. So all of, the, uh, all of these things Require a high level of concentration yeah. And we had to figure things out Because we weren't really exposed to it You know We um, we had the The um, the cultural boycotts against South Africa. So yeah. the information and the images and all these things, it wasn't free-flowing into South Africa. We yeah. had to wait for three months for a cassette to be sent from the UK. Wow. Or maybe somebody that's in exile in Canada or the US to send us the music. Wow. And the magazines. It, it was the same sort of thing. Yeah. So it was kind of trial and error, but it was really, really awesome, you know, to, yes. to start learning these new things and your body starting to do things you never thought it wow. could do. Your <laughs> mind is moving to all these different spaces. Yeah until hip hop started going through a black consciousness
0: okay phase okay yeah.
1: and that was In the heart of the state of emergencies in South Africa. Wow. 1986 87, when South Africa was burning. And that's sort of when we started to become, if you want to call it, conscientized. Okay. Yeah. And we started to focus on other things. So we started to talk more about politics. We started to be more um, aware of who we are, where we're coming from, how to address the issues and all these different types of things. And from there, um, with profits of the city actually forming, that's when the social and the political content started to come through the music. And eventually, we got uh, branded or stigmatized as this political outfit. Okay,
0: I see. Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about that, though?
1: Um, I'm actually okay with it because when I look at the and and I bump into feedback uh, at least bump into people today, and I still get feedback from people. People Mm. are saying thank you for what you guys were doing and saying. But we had no intention of coming out and trying to deliver prophetic messages and trying to be the voice of reason and change and rebellion. All that we did was just say. Uh, and 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 act out on what we were experiencing at the time you okay. know, our environment and yeah. the situation dictated the mind state and, and, and mm. kind of dictated where the music was going as well True. and thankfully through that experience it took us around the world for many many years, we released albums abroad we yes. managed to tour um, you know the international circuits all the major festivals yeah. and all these things so once again you start to learn, you start to grow and your yeah. perspective you know in terms of who you are once again and where you come from start to change and you see dealing with the issues differently You know, Mm. because once you... Mm. Localized, and you don't travel out mm. of your area, you don't mm. travel out of your city and your country, you have a very sort of narrow view of what's okay. actually going on. So, yeah. traveling, you get different perspectives, yeah. and you also learn, um, you know, how to come up with different solutions to the issues True. as well. Yeah.
0: And I mean, like you're saying, you were very influenced by what was happening in South Africa at that point, but then you also toured Europe for like six years or something. Am I correct?
1: That's right. We, we, we did Europe, we did Scandinavia. Strange yeah. enough, uh, profits are the city's biggest fan base was all the way out in Switzerland and in and in Norway, far north, Trondheim, one of the most northern little towns, the oldest Viking <laughs> town you could find <laughs> on the map. That was parts of the City's stronghold. A black conscious group coming out of the, <laughs> the Cape Flats with Brasser from Joburg <laughs> in the team and they're out there going viva and That's the guys are doing like this really rebellious yeah. um, type of music and the message were quite quite hardcore yeah. but we ended up just going back year after year um, after year.
0: What do you think th- it was that they gravitated towards in your music?
1: I think the music was different. We had a very very strong um, African rhythm that went through the music, okay. although they couldn't understand the language most of the times, but mm. they could. I think it was the intent and I think it was the energy and they've mm. never ever heard or seen performances like that mm. Um, mm. on that side of the okay. board. This had made it very, very interesting, you know, for them to to experience and also to get a different perspective of the politics in South Africa because okay. people thought I was Mexican wherever we went.
0: <laughs> people are like... <"Go."> Amigo. <laughs>
1: They were on that whole vibe. We thought you were Mexican Are you from South Africa? You know, because once again um, The conventional and the stereotypical I- images About our country True. So when we tell them a little bit About our backgrounds And, you know um, And just trying to explain to them You know, about um, the history The different communities And uh, Cape Town a little bit You know, yeah. about our Asian, Malaysian, Indonesian roots And yeah. all these different types of things People are blown away Because True. all they were uh, exposed to was The Soweto uprising yes. And the Hector Peterson Yes. Yeah. And that was kind of the view of the, uh, of the politics, yes. um, you know, in South Africa, True. around the world, at least most of the places that we travel to. So that gave us a perfect opportunity to tell people about Cape Town and the that's Cape amazing. Flats and where we come from.
0: That's absolutely amazing. I love that you get to tell our stories yourself, you know?
1: Absolutely. Because so
0: many times I also feel like we misinterpreted it in a lot of ways because 100%. other people are telling our stories.
1: There we go. So that's yeah. such a
0: beautiful thing. And also if I look at like some of the artists now, like Youngster CPT, if I look at Dope St. Jude as well, amazing artists mm. but the reception that they get in the european countries is so very different to what they get here That's do you right. feel like you were received better or easier or more on that side of the world than you you were sure. here at that time
1: i think we were received in a different era okay so i can't draw a comparison okay you know and everybody to the to their own because they got a different mm. style mm. they got a different sound and um and in just in terms of how they are addressing the issues, they're doing it in their own way. Yes. Um, the thing that sets us apart, I think, from most of the bands or something that kind of... Um, I would say uh, give us a nice strong foundation within the musical history of South Africa is the fact mm. that we went out as a hip hop group, not mm. a rap group, not a musical mm. outfit. You would get two DJs, you mm. get three rappers, you yes. get B boys, you get a live graffiti artist, you Amazing. get political activists, you get the good, the bad and the ugly all wrapped up in yeah. one group and we're delivering all of those things. So Incredible. it's a it's a visual spectacle. Yes. You get a guy flying through the air, you don't know where he's coming <laughs> from, all of a sudden you just see legs and you know, so and the for performances was high energy. It was mm. always unpredictable. When mm. it was time to celebrate, we'll take it through the roof. When it mm. was time to protest, we'll protest and we go hard at mm. it as well. Because it came from the heart and it was practically, we were putting our, our, our spirit and our soul out there, you know, mm. because we knew that um, uh, when traveling, all these places, you're getting exposed to music and performers at a mega level. Yeah. So we need to step yeah, up. And true. we made sure that we delivered. So uh, we were blessed enough to be one of the opening acts for James Brown. And wow. we had to bring it in the Brixton Academy. That's amazing. Um, we performed with the Fuji's on two occasions. We managed to do freestyle cipher sessions with Lauren Hill and Wycliffe Jean. So you know you have to bring your A game. 100%. <laughs> you, know, uh, you the can't local heroes it. of hypocrisy, those are Some of the guys You know Slipknot Cypress Hill uh, Limp Biscuit, All these different acts You know We we managed to share The stages With all those artists um, And the thing is The circuit that we were on It wasn't just hip hop It Mm. wasn't just rock It wasn't just um, You know One A one dimensional Type Mm. of experience Mm. We were out there With Lee Scratch Perry And Third World And all of a sudden You're meeting Africa Mombata Then you're meeting Another jazz legend Then you're meeting Activists from North Africa Then you're in the circles Of the nation of islam then you're with the five wow. percenters and then you know then you you're protesting then yeah. you're standing in, <laughs> in, in in london and piccadilly circus protesting wow. and then the next day you're onto on something else no so you constantly be you, you you get all these experiences and, yes. and you're growing as the moments as the True. days go by and the people that you're experiencing thankfully was mm-hmm. all people um that had purpose you mm-hmm. know everything they wow. stood for um, you know, it, it meant a lot when it comes to just uh, humanity in general. So okay. it wasn't a black-white thing, okay. us trying to say, you know, us blacks, us blacks. Yes. I, I think it was more um, an issue that we needed, needed to deal with on a, human, a humanitarian level. So okay, that, you know, wow. that was kind of the approach.
0: That's incredible. I actually love the work that you've done so far and also the passion in in your voice as you're <laughs> <Thank> speaking you. <laughs> about this. It's like it happened yesterday uh, and I yeah, love yeah.
1: that. <laughs> I, I still remember so many things as if it <laughs> happened yesterday and there's still a lot yeah. of things that I feel still need to happen because we've still got a long way to go before we we reach the point where we need to be, you know, yes. as society. Okay. So whatever little contributions I feel we can make, whether it's through the music, the yes. DJing, production, whatever it is um, yes. that I do in my personal space, if it's just that little contribution, I'm, I'm happy with that. You yeah, know?
0: And I love that you look at it from a holistic perspective. It's not just the music, and it's not just activism. It's no. a combination of all these different facets, Absolutely. which
1: is beautiful. I mean, it can't be. And, and the thing is, you know, like I said, we went through this black conscious radical um, phase mm. and later in our career we actually learned that white people did put their lives on the line mm. for us as well. Mm. They've made the sacrifices, they've taken the risks they yeah. went into the SABC archives heavily guarded spaces to bring us the video footage that we could put that in our music wow. videos and expose it to the world. They were out there helping us get our albums out there, uh, um, out there mm. helping to deal with the fact that we were banned in this country and we couldn't wow. get gigs no more. You know so for us that that opens up your eyes yeah. and it also teaches you not to, to judge and not to be selfish yes. and also to take a look at yourself we're yes. all human beings we all come with our shortcomings so we need to think a little deeper you know just about me my yeah. tribe my community and mm-hmm. think outside of that as well so mm-hmm. building bridges and um you know forming these different uh, connections and having all these different types of interactions it's good for everybody mm. rich, poor, black, white male, female whatever the case may be yeah. we're here on this earth it's the only world that we have and it's our responsibility as human beings to sort it out there's nowhere else for any of us to go
0: so you know so
1: we we, we gotta we gotta deal with it you know absolutely (laughs) and like
0: you were saying about you know taking care of your community and your space and where you find yourself you were mentioning earlier that you're part of the DJ Academy with SAE so talk me through that
1: yeah we we got the Beatbangers DJ Academy out there right now Mm -hmm. Um, it first started off as the Scratch Lab Uh it started off in a Wendy house in my backyard (laughs) (laughs) Before that, it was on the streets in the parks of Mitchell's Plain. We used to do these workshops. We took it to the prisons. We were working with kids that were waiting uh, trial in the days of apartheid, Mm. uh, using music and and DJing as a means, you know, to to, to somehow create a form of awareness or relief or Mm. just to create uh, a moment for people from there we managed to move the space Mm. um some of my partners came on board: dj partners dj azul dj e20 and dj angle who's my wife and boss at the moment (laughs) and um, shout out oh yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) and then um we eventually um um We were presented with the opportunity by SAE to to move into their space. And, I mean, we grabbed it with with both arms. It was a no-brainer to go there. Of course, And to be in a space um, with an institution that's been around since 1976 Mm. with uh, 50 campuses, you know, around, I think it's 24 countries, if my memory serves me correct. So they come with credibility. They come with insight. They come with experience. Mm. And being in that space just opens up your mind and the the awesome thing is we we do the um the dj courses at sae we also have what we what we call lab sessions that's free sessions like workshops that will run for hour two hours and so forth and the thing that I find very interesting is the fact that students that go to the animation, um, sound design, and film courses, they end up taking our courses while and vice versa. So wow, there's a lot of cross-pollination taking place. Yeah. So we're living in very interesting times where yes. um, it's actually okay and it do help your ability and it help mm. to upskill, your, mm. you know, the the, the person that decides to take those uh, directions. So DJing, it's not the way... Um, I mean, we would have thought about it, say, 10, 20 years ago. We're mm. only in a club. Yes. We're only at the festival. Yes. So now DJs are becoming uh, producers. They are now becoming radio producers. They're becoming True. music compilers. True. They are now working in the film industries. Yeah. Uh, they're creating their own um, sort of spots. They podcast. True. So, you know, the, the, the role of the DJ has evolved over the years. Yes. Technology evolved yes. over the years as well. So um, although I come with so many years of experience... Yes. But whenever there's a new digital platform yes. or there's a new piece of equipment or gear, I gotta take myself to school and I gotta yes. learn about all of those things. True, as well. how do
0: you keep up with all of these changes that keeps happening?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that love still there though? Is that love for, you know, DJing still there?
1: The thing with being a hip hop DJ and a turntablist, it's uh-huh. always experimenting It's always okay. being creative. It's always trying to figure out things. So the things that we used to do on turntables back then, yeah. um, the added edits and the added juggles and all these things, mm. we needed to go into a studio and go and edit and produce those things if you wanted to put it out on tape. Okay. So with the new gear, the digital platforms, you yes. now have the controllers. It's got the slices, the choppers. Yes. It's got all these different things that you can actually do on the fly and the remix on the fly. So we can do what we did on decks Yeah. and you can integrate it decks With the platforms okay, as well, so okay. there's so uh, so much more new things to yes. unpack and discover, yes. and there's so many different genres that we can now fuse True. as well. You know, so yeah. I'm still I'm still very much in experimental mode, and I'm <laughs> I'm still searching for the perfect beat. I haven't found wow, that
0: beat yet. wow, that's so, huge for you to say that
1: <laughs> so until that beat comes. I think I'm still going to be at it Trying to figure out things and, and I just got to make your listeners aware I'm kind of in a space now That I'm only starting to understand A scratch that I've been struggling with For two years now Wow And when you listen to the scratch It sounds easy Somebody will probably go I don't know why you're stressing <laughs> Why did you put yourself Through all this time and energy and the trouble It actually sounds quite simple and, yeah. Which it does It do sound simple Yeah But the thing is when you adopt a, a certain attitude mm. And there are certain things that you have to deal with mm-hmm. And time management and everything else
0: mm.
1: um, it, it restricts you from moving to the next level Yeah, for sure So two years ago, I wanted to master the scratch Okay And every time I would find at least try to make the time for it. Then yeah. I had to be somewhere else. and I had yeah. to do something else. And then I'm touring. Then it's gigging. Then it's radio. Then it's TV. Yeah. Then it's this. Then it's that. Yeah. And it's always playing out in my subconscious. And then I'm going online and I'm checking all these DJs busting out <laughs> the moves. And I'm, like, I'm feeling like I'm being left behind. Oh, wow. And it eats you as a creator. Of course, it yeah. It eats you, you know, because yeah. I got ideas and I'm thinking... I'm listening to that scratch mm. And I know exactly where I'm going to lay that pattern yeah. The minute I master that pattern yeah. I need to put it on a jazz Piece. Wow. I need to put it on a okay. jazz piece because uh, hip hop has been exposed to that over and over. But yes. if I master that technique and okay. I take it into a jazz realm, okay. it's going to become something else. It could potentially evolve. And when that evolves, I evolve as an okay. artist as well. So that's kind of the things that keep me up
0: at night. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> and you're still learning, which is so interesting oh, to think.
1: It feels like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels like I'm in grade art or something <laughs> at the moment. Still tons to learn. Tons, For tons, sure. Tons, and I mean
0: the digital realm is changing on the daily. No, so absolutely. Y- so, you absolutely. Know, keeping yeah. up my it speed. It excites up. me though, you know, okay, because good. the
1: cool thing is um, now with social media you can you can put out a beat, you can put out mm. a routine, you can cut, you can do your selfie, whatever the case may mm. be. You can actually turn it into a cool story. And yes. I mean you can edit your videos on your phone, so your phone is a very, very powerful tool. 100%. So it lends itself to all these things. So with the, the, the DJ course um, at SAE through yeah. the uh, Beat Bangers DJ Academy, we teach all those things. Mm, Because we don't want people to walk away With a one-dimensional perspective Of what it means to be a DJ as well And we've also um, come to discover That people come there And they all have different motives Mm. In terms of why they come to the academy Uh, A lady was a um, She was a a, a hostess Mm -hmm. She was bored She needed to do something else and she decided to do DJing. Okay. A professional DJ eat a glass ceiling and she decided, I'm so, so tired of what I'm doing. I can't see further than what I'm doing. Traveling and performing at all these big festivals, it wasn't satisfying for her. Okay. And she plays trance music. That's kind of out of our genre. She came to the academy because she wanted to be in a space with uh, like-minded people and also to see what else DJing has to offer. Okay. So that's the type of people that come through. Another gentleman, Mm -hmm. his mom decided to buy a pub slash club so he was given a business oh wow and his thing is i'm gonna be the boss but i need to understand what it means to be a dj so if the dj don't rock up for work I can I fill can in the, fill the space. In. Okay. Or when a DJ tried to uh, bamboozle me, I can tell him A, B, C, D, and that's E incredible. about DJing. So, you know, it's all these different yeah. types of personalities that come. And for me, that's True. the reward. And to see people okay. now becoming um, South African DJ champions, yes. they getting all the big gigs, yes. uh, their personalities have um, elevated and they're constantly growing. So, seeing all of those happen and knowing mm. that they're coming out of our academy, for me, that's really, really, really rewarding. Because that means that they are pushing the envelope and yes. we are following suit yes. as well. So there's this constant exchange, you know, of, of give and take and give and take. Mm. We learn and, you know, we teach. We learn and we teach. It's that type of uh, yeah. scenario.
0: It sounds like such a positive space to be in, actually, to be surrounded by like-minded people and also to be taught by a living legend. I mean, their view, so that's incredible. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, time for this legend to learn how to sleep at nine <laughs> o'clock at night at least so somebody else can take over yeah, for a short while, just while, just while I catch a snooze.
0: Just, just for a little while. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining though, but I mean you're all human, but i mean I, i'm 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 grateful you know yes. still to be around and still to be um regarded as being relevant as well you 100%. know still being able to make contributions um you know however big or small yeah for me i um, it's a blessing, you know, True. and I got a very sort of spiritual and philosophical take on what it is mm. um, that we are able to do as creatives. Mm. I, befe- I feel that our talents come from um, a, a higher force. Mm. You know, we are truly blessed, True. you know, and I feel um, the reason why we were granted these gifts, it's to be able to um, to teach and exchange and to create um, I would say positive experiences and life-changing experiences yeah. for people. So if you're able to do that for somebody, yeah. automatically you go through that change as a human being 100%. as well. And that's why it's all about living. And I think uh, it's all about living. It's all about learning. And this is what uh, I think being in a creative space, or being a, cre- a creative, That mm. is, I think that is what's ordained for you. 100%. you know? And and sure, the, the downside is we don't sleep. Yeah the head, the mind's always racing and and sometimes (laughs) my wife is like, guy, I'm going to kick you out of bed. Your hands are always going... Sometimes I think, why is this guy scratching me or something? You know, that type of thing. Or when I'm sitting in a public space yeah. and I always got to watch myself because that beat's playing, that scratch is playing, wow. and the hands are moving. I'm on the plane and I'm, you know, looking around. Yeah. I, see, I see art on walls. I see, I see, I look at architecture. I just see things and it all kind of inspires me. It's incredible. When I see somebody dancing, I see a beat mm. I practically Especially when I see B-boys and B-girls And these hip-hop dancers Doing stuff Yes When they're doing moves I'm practically hearing scratching So I've got a visual oh, wow. Reference to what it is that i'm doing and i'm watching them and all automatically, i got um new patterns playing out in my head and that's new things that i would like to pursue and it's the same with artwork when i see mm. color on walls and i see people doing their thing mm. and, and especially abstract art you know that's okay. when the mind starts racing and you're seeing a whole lot of things okay. and the possibilities and I guess these are the things that keep us living here because True. you're always excited for a new day, a new yeah. moment, a new collaboration, a new thing to take on something new and fresh yeah. and to learn, you know, you're learning all the time. So Definitely. Yeah.
0: And that's, it, that's incredible. Some people just look at abstract art and they're like, I have no idea what's happening here. And you're the type of person that looks at it and you're like, yeah, this is inspiring me. No, <laughs> I'm telling way. you,
1: I'm telling you, <laughs> sure, just, uh, just, uh, just, Throw something out there. Yeah. Just take a look. Something will eventually pop up. True. Something will eventually... And that comes from um, graffiti art. Okay. There's a there's a a technique called wild style. Okay. So wild style is extremely abstract and it looks really, really beautiful, but it teaches you to look through the piece and through the lines. You gotta kinda go through it. You gotta go around it. You gotta look at the surface. Um it pops up as um as sort of like a one dimensional, it could be two D, it could be three D, it could be a battle piece, it could be a message, it could be nothing, but it's something when you look deeper into it as well. So you gotta put everything together, you know, and Sometimes it becomes subjective. You make of it whatever you wish. True, true. You take away from it whatever you wish. You know, yeah. you, and and I guess that's the value in it.
0: Hundred percent. And I mean, like I said, they, these your students are, are so lucky to have you because I mean, you've been through so many different phases and so many different times, also, where things have changed. And I think that's also that. Could possibly inspire you and influence how you work and the, the music you produce at the end of the day. Um, so, I think that's absolutely amazing. So, if a listener is listening right now and they want to be part of the Academy, I heard that there's some scholarships available as well.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few scholarships mm-hmm. available. Um, there's one in my name. There's AKA as well. There's mm-hmm. DJ Oskido. I just want to get the full list of everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a few new um
0: I know DJ Zentley is in there as well.
1: That's right, yeah. She's on uh, on the, the scholarship list as well. Mm-hmm. And all people need to do is just go onto uh, SAE's website. All the okay. details will be there. And normally how it works is people will write the motivation letter so that we can have a look at it and we mm-hmm. can kind of gauge and see where the person's at. Because we, we, we're looking to help disadvantaged people, but people that we feel it's truly driven towards the arts and okay. we know that they're going to make use of the scholarship. Okay. And they will um, take it as an opportunity to further their careers or further themselves okay. as people as well. So those are the types of, I would say, the, the types of personalities and qualities that we look for as okay. well with, with the, squal- the scholarship program.
0: And is there one particular to you? So would there be a DJing scholarship?
1: Uh, yes, yes, okay. there is a DJing scholarship. So you can just, all the information, you can just go into www dot um, sae. I think it's SAE South Africa. Or okay. SAE, yeah, yeah.
0: And I heard that you're making the final decision on this one, on who the winner... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it becomes a collective decision because it's a partnership with myself, between myself and SAE as well. You know, sometimes, um, I don't know, you know, my wife is like, but you're too soft. You're (laughs) such a softie. Anybody can kill you. Somebody must just... (laughs) You know, like they say, they might just uh, whisper sweet words in your ears oh, and you bowl and over. Somebody <laughs> can just write you a nice letter <laughs> and you roll with it. Oh, so man. I sit there, she sits there, yes. the SAE team sits there, yes. and we'll go back and forth until we've made the right decision. Okay, you but know, for
0: you, what is it that you're looking for?
1: Um, I'm looking for, for, I mean, I kind of mentioned this, but I'm looking for somebody that that's committed Okay. You're clear. You're conscious of what it is that you want to do. Okay. Um, you do accept the fact that you're going into the space, and you do accept the fact that you're going to be going there to learn and mm. the the benefits. Um, the benefits are, are endless. Okay. Because you're, you're going to meet so many different people that's got so many different levels of expertise and they work in so many different fields. Yeah. So everything is up to you as well. Yeah. And you got to remember, there's a lot of time um, and resources and efforts put into these scholarships as well. Yeah. So you got to go out there and also know that I'm not going to waste people's time. True. Because we are lo- we we are committed. To uplifting people as well. So mm. if you are going to abuse the opportunity, mm. it means that uh, you know somebody else that deserved that opportunity was life yeah um, would you know, depend it on exactly yeah. you know they must start on yeah. that as well. That's True. why I say you have to be conscious, you have to be mindful mm. of the opportunity. You know, and yeah. we just want people to, to 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 know you know once you get into the space, I've gone through the course and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to do something for someone else. Mm. You know, how, however possible.
0: True. I just want to go back. A little bit because you said you dabbled in all these different facets of the hip hop culture. So yeah. you were graffiti and <laughs> everything. Yeah. What was your favorite part of that process? Which, which which one spoke to you the most?
1: Sure. Um, I have affection for all of them. Okay. But the one that stuck with me was the DJing aspect. Mm-hmm. I started. Um, sure. In fact, I gave up the break dancing. In about 1998, mm-hmm. because the DJing started to become really intense. We were on tour, okay. we were on the, on the UK circuit at the moment mm-hmm. and I couldn't focus on the dance as well because it, it was so demanding as well yeah. because that's evolving and you need to spend a lot of time and unfortunately, once again within our, our 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 limitations as human beings there's only so much that you can do true, you know true so for me um it's djing and then it's music production okay that, that's kind of the two areas and they go hand in hand okay so that, yeah that's where we're at at true. the moment yeah
0: and then do you produce for for other people or do you just kind yeah. of produce your own
1: yes i do produce for okay. other people um I was one of the one half of the production team for Profits of the City. I became Mm -hmm. the producer for BVK, Brass of Funny Cup. Mm -hmm. Um, So I produced most of uh, their albums. Wow. Um, uh, the Beat Bangers, my DJ team. Yes. Uh, we just dropped an album recently yes. called um, Seven Seven Eight Five Disruptors because uh-huh. we come from Mitchell's Plain. Okay. So that's another album that I got um, my hand in on the production side of Amazing. things as well. Wow. I've done music for film. I've done music for television as well.
0: Interesting. And how is that different to your, you know, turntabling DJing? <laughs> once again they go hand in hand
1: okay they go hand in hand and the awesome okay. thing is um in terms of my approach um to music although people know me ah, he's the the hip-hop guy yes or this is the turntablers guy yes. whatever um, I don't like to limit myself to only being that because For I love sure. all genres of music. I managed to collaborate with um, the Cape Town uh, Philharmonic Orchestra. I did the wow. same with the Joburg Philharmonic Orchestra. We did the Beatles songbook with a um, with a Swiss jazz band. I've collaborated Incredible. with so many, in so many different genres. And then one day I'm out there headbanging with the <laughs> Rock Owens. <awards laughs> and then you're like passive and you're very reserved in a jazz setting or in a classical like setting. And then the it's like, here we go, wait, you know, in a hip-hop setting. So, you know... How do
0: you, like, channel the energy for all, the, all of these different things? Because they're vastly different. So how do you kind of... Sure. Balance that.
1: I, I, I think it's that higher power that's at work. Okay. Eh? Sometimes you you can't control yourself. Yeah. And my favorite radio station in fact is, uh, is listening to classic music. And really? some of my some of my friends are freaked out. They actually don't want to drive with me. <laughs> <laughs> they think like but are you on tick or something. <laughs> what kind with you? Last week, I saw you in the club, hoing, they're so wicking, then you scratching the albums and making the people go mull and why? why are you listening to this? What's this you're listening to? I love that. And I'm like, guys, relax. I love that. Time to chill out. Yes, here's there's a, bit, a time and place. Yeah, yeah, this is a Bach move now. Just chill out. Wait, wait, here's a Paganini coming. <laughs> what? Misa, what No, Paganini. Paganini. You know, so you have to kind <laughs> take people through this motion so people think that you're a little bit off sometimes. Yeah. You know, and that's
0: okay. I'm okay that's with that. That's perfectly it. fine. I'm
1: okay. I, I guess all of those things got me to this point, you know? 100%. Yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, so. That is interesting. I've learned so much about you today that I think yeah. that I never even imagined about you, which I love. I <laughs> love when you. people shock me like this. <laughs> the best feeling uh, ever. <laughs> no, thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: So, the scholarship, we were just coming back to that. When is the application? I think the application is open now at the end that's of February. Right. Yes. And when do they close
1: they will close um i think early in the second week of march around okay that, on that time frame
0: okay yeah. so now is the time for people to actually go online fill in yeah. the application and then hope for the best i guess there we go yeah. <laughs> hustle
1: and flow make like ready <laughs> D. Hustle. there we go don't, hustle
0: and flow i love sleep.
1: that Hoy. Hoy. don't sleep Hoy. Our lives depend on it. no time to sleep.
0: (laughs) I love that. Before you leave us, I just want to know what is your most memorable moment as a turntablist?
1: Sure. There's there's so many. There's so many that I can. um, Sure. I'm just trying to think. All these collaborations, for mm-hmm. me, I find it very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the highlights was the fact that we performed at the inaugurations of Madiba and Tabu Mbeki as well. That is huge. Wow. Um, that's some of the standout moments. And then, um, sure, as a turntablist, I guess it was winning the first and second DJ championships. I was okay. a little kid yes. who didn't own DJ equipment. Yes. Nobody knew of me. I was yes. a complete underdog. Yeah. And I think just shocking the DJ community. Too. you know to a point where I didn't understand what was going on all I wanted wow. was to try and get prize money and get equipment I yeah. needed turntables I needed petrol money or at least I needed train fee in the first DJ competition <laughs> the <Yeah>. second <laughs> DJ competition I needed, uh, I needed money to fix my 430S the suspension broke <laughs> <laughs> And I actually sold my, my grand uh my grand prize, which was a big club professional mixer, to the legendary space Odyssey. Wow. Nightclub. <laughs> <My> wow. <laughs> so look so at that. that's another story to tell. <laughs> and I could skip in my dick to the S There level. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> To go, to go to the base on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon to go and entertain the kids from all over Cape Town wow. City. So, you know, we, we all have our, our reasons and our motives and all these things. Definitely. I think th- that's a stand moment for me. Mm. You know, it's also it's just coming up through the ranks and always sitting there and wishing and dreaming and aspiring, I want to be this DJ. Mm. I want to be that guy. I want to be DJ Superfly. You're this brass. Mm. cool. listen to his voice. Listen to his music. Yeah. And being able to come up through or I would say through Practically having everything against you as yes. a person of color coming yes. up from Mitchell's Plain, the Cape Flats, and yeah. then guarded as a low class, colored, slash, yeah. gangster, slash, mm. a guy that's got nothing going for him, wow. and breaking through all of those barriers and managing to get to, you know, all these different sort of or hitting all the different sort of landmarks. Yes all of those things combined, it still blows my mind. I'm still, I'm still trying to make sense of it all.
0: It's incredible. But thankfully
1: I encounter people that I, I hope are sane yes. and they kind of <laughs> tell me, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> do you know what you've done? Yeah. And I'm like, but I'm still in autonomous mode. I'm still cupping on. There's still things that needs to be done, things that need to be said. There's still beats. There's still a, a lot that we need to do, you know, to try and yeah. help society to move, to, to move forward. Mm.
0: And I, that's what I love about this conversation, conversation is actually seeing that you know, when somebody looks from the outside, you're like, DJ Realty he's done all the things, he's made it in life whatever, but you don't have that, you're like I still need to do more, there's still more that needs to be done, and in such a humble way in such a modest way and I absolutely love that I think that that's something that's very important and I I mention this all the time but I watched this video of Oprah and she was talking about the difference between a career and a calling and just like having a job but like actually doing something because you love it because it's in your heart and in your soul yeah. and I can see that with you I can see Thank that you. there's this fire thank and, you <laughs> and it's, i can see it I can
1: just, thank you it's amazing
0: and i can feel it as well it's incredible awesome. thank
1: you thank you very much so thank keep you. shining
0: your lights I, I think it's absolutely incredible and also the way you're touching other lives as well who it comes from the background that you came from or worse or maybe better but you are helping you lending extending a hand and you're helping them actually take the steps in the direction that they need so that's such a beautiful thing yeah.
1: thank you very much and yeah thank you for the for the opportunity you're welcome before lying we in this very cool space <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I can wa- walk through here with turntables one day and can there make a go. noise for the people in the space over I feel here. like we need that <laughs> <laughs> I definitely no, feel definitely. like we need just that just tell me just tell me when <laughs>
0: for <Right>. sure <laughs> <laughs> I know first there's a, it's usually pumping over here so ah, okay. that awesome. might be awesome. a good spot awesome awesome, <laughs> awesome. nice, nice. <laughs> before you leave us just hit us up with SAE's information again and then your handles so people can keep up with yep. what you're
1: doing all, all my handles it's at dj ready d mm-hmm. uh, it goes across all the social media platforms mm-hmm. and um and it's uh, dj r e a d y d dj mm-hmm. ready d and uh, with um uh, with sae you you can catch them it's a uh, sae institute south africa on all mm-hmm. the social media platforms as well mm-hmm. there's links there's video clips um on the Instagram page, uh, you want to follow that because that's yes. really cool. They just opened up an institution up in Johannesburg a couple yes. of months ago. So it's cool to see what's actually happening on that front as well. So mm-hmm. just go out there, explore, see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And if we find it's for you, then come into the space. I promise you, yes. you will not be disappointed.
0: Yes. And like you said, there's a couple of free workshop things as well. Oh, so people can
1: just Yeah, there's these lab sessions, the open days. They have the same in, in um, the film side of things as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, you know, getting into a space and you're seeing all of these Mac computers laid out in mm. one room mm. and all these keyboards and on the other side, you know, animations going down and you're walking into another room, um, it's practically a room with a with a green screen. You yes. know they mean serious business over 100%. there. 100%. You know, so when you go into that space, and the other thing I've got to mention is the recording studio. It's a phenomenal world-class recording studio when you go into that space. Um, you you immediately captivate it. It's hard to walk away. You turn your back from that space alone because yeah. as an artist, once again, my head starts spinning and I'm once yes. again I'm thinking about my next platinum album. I never had one before, <laughs> but you know we dream. Yeah, of I'm course. And I'm thinking, okay, cool, man. You know, I can actually become a superstar one, once I've gone through this space over here. Yeah. So you know, you you you're walking into this environment where it's just cool, and I mean, everybody's laid back, everybody's mm. chill, and everybody's coming there for the same thing. Okay. And for me, I think that's the win. Yeah, Yeah,
0: definitely. And before, one last thing, I keep saying this before you leave us, before you leave us, they don't (laughs) want to hit you with another question. (laughs) But before you leave us, I just want to know if somebody is listening and they are a youngin and they want to, you know, take that step and move into a creative career, what would your advice be to them?
1: Yeah, my, my advice to you would be uh, Once again, you've got to make the decision You've got to be clear on what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. Going into a creative space It's truly phenomenal It allows you lots of freedom It allows you the freedom to express But it comes with lots and lots of challenges mm. And you got to um, be prepared um, You know, to be rejected yeah. That comes um, all the time True um, You've got to be able to network And you've got to work on yourself And you've got to work on your skill You know, and mm. never ever let that fire die You're going to find days mm. With things will probably not go your way. But mm-hmm. if you are able to take all of that energy and channel it into your gift or into your craft, you will be able to produce something truly amazing because mm-hmm. if you look at artists um, through the different years and through the different eras, it's normally personalities that had a lot of challenges in their lives and they pro- uh, they produce yes. some of the most memorable works, whether it's mm-hmm. um, audio or visual works as well. And you're living in very fortunate times, True. so you got no excuse whatsoever. True. So if you don't cut it in the local industry, The local scene or market, you got Mm -hmm. the internet to tap into, and you can tap into the global uh, sort of arena as well. So, we have no excuse, you know. All you have to do is be committed, go out there. And the one thing I want to tell you all because we are in South Africa, Mm -hmm. never ever. Burn bridges. Yeah. And don't take your squabbles and your fights onto social media. Oof. Don't do that. Yeah. That is a big no no. Yeah. Don't, don't. We, 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 a small um, country, we, mm. a small industry, and mm. everybody's connected in some form or fashion. 100%. We, I might not be in the same space as, um, as uh, if you want to call it the or in a in a conventional art space. Yes. Or um, somebody working in the tech industries yes. or somebody working in the food and beverage industries. Yes. But at some point in time we will eventually For cross sure. paths. For sure. You know, so you do not want to burn bridges.
0: Hundred percent. Rather
1: network be happy, be loving, eat your fruit, eat your veggies, try <laughs> to go sleep on time Jinx and you'll be water. good. Drink water, do the thing. If you need to go do yoga, go <laughs> that move. If you need to meditate, go that yes. into your pattern and you're going to be dadalik.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. On that beautiful note. Thank you so much, DJ Reddy. Thank you
1: very much. You're welcome.